Welcome to On The Mic With Mike. We don't always have these conversations with our loved ones, but we need to. The podcast that addresses controversial issues that affect us in the criminal justice system. Do you understand what we had to get to to carry a gun and defend ourselves? And even cultural challenges we face every day. People just love to make it about race. That's not the case. What causes you to be in a relationship that may lead to a potential domestic issue down the line? Resolve your unconscious bias and grow from an independent perspective based on facts and data. Why not use statistics in your analysis? And now your host. Do I seem like I'm on something or am I just losing it? Instructor Mike. What's going on? What's going on? This is Trigger with Instructor Mike and Friends. I'm Instructor Mike. With us, we got John, Jacob, Marquise, Jingleheimer, and Schmitz. Now, <laughs> that is... <laughs> that's fucked up, right? <laughs> All right, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Go on ahead and share this uh, broadcast. Share this broadcast. Let's get some people into the conversation uh welcome 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 all right this is gonna be a free-for-all let john uh jacob and then marquise uh i think marquise you might be muted uh everybody go on ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll go on ahead and get into it yep fair enough if you're talking about uh if you got questions about concealed carry oh eric would be the first one to ask the question do you have pistol whipping classes that is <laughs> you know what Yes. Matter of fact, you know what? I know what a good thing to talk about is Marquise and you and you could spearhead that because you put that on your Facebook post where you were talking about teaching other type of classes too. Um, yeah, that that was a not no no not though not what we talked about in the back channel. Now I'm talking about what you posted up. All right, you all go ahead and introduce yourself. Go ahead. John with Guardian Concepts. How's everybody doing this evening? We're based out of Bourbon, Illinois. Um, Brain fart. Oh, upcoming classes for us. Um, so we do the Illinois CCL class for those of you that are just tuning in. Plus, we also um, do advanced training. So the real stuff that you need outside of that CCL class, you know, for 16 hours is just enough to get you killed. But as we like to say, um, our phone number, I'll say it slowly, but 815-295-6031. We are on Facebook. And we do have our website, www.guardian-concepts.com. Next. Jacob. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Jacob Null from Viper Defense. I live and train in Williamson County, Illinois. My phone number is 618-521-0894. And the only way you could find me would be on Facebook through Viper Defense because I don't have an email or YouTube or uh, TikTok or Twitter or none of that other stuff. It's, um, I teach concealed carry and renewals. I teach uh, kids, handgun, uh, rifle, shotgun, basics, and advanced. Um, 
I've been learning and doing things since 1986. I've been learning and doing and training others how to do things since 1990. Uh, currently, I'm a retired law enforcement officer, uh, Army veteran, combat veteran, and currently I patrol with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service down here at the Crab Orchard National Wildlife Refuge. Um, so if anybody's down here in the southern Illinois area, feel free to give me a call. I'll be happy to answer any questions or set you up with some training. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Outstanding. Marquise. Good evening, everybody. My name is Marquise Miranda. I'm an operator of P6 Firearms Training, LOC. I do all the same thing all these guys just said. We all do the concealed carry, um, advanced training. Um, this weekend, P6 is hosting, well, excuse me, TK Firearms Training and Consulting, I believe, or we just say TK Firearms Training, is hosting us in Wisconsin for our Defensive Rifle 1 on the 26th. And we also have Defensive Pistol 1 on October 23rd. Outstanding, outstanding. I am really getting, these are some interesting questions. Does size matter? If we're talking about size of actual firearms, man, yes. Uh, well, yes and no. That's a good question. Uh, but I know that ain't the size you're talking about, bruh. <laughs> right. Is your insurance agent's database listing every firearm? Ah, here we go. That's a good one. Is your insurance agent's database listing every firearm you own when you buy a rider safe? I hear crickets and that's a good thing that John has crickets in his background because that's the perfect sound effect I could think for that yeah yeah because I don't I don't own a rider safe yeah so the only thing I could think of is whether or not if rider safe says it is right right okay Justin Stoke you said what that's very specific you said a rider safe I'm like, my concealed carry insurance covers my firearm if I use it in a um, defensive manner. Right, right. And yeah. I think, um, I don't know if you can add it to your homeowner's insurance for as far as damaged property. So that would be a very yeah, good question. I mean, yeah, you can on a lot of them, obviously. Um, I believe it actually raises your homeowner's insurance, if I remember correctly, because obviously that's a highly sought-after piece of equipment for right. bad people. Okay, he said you buy a rider to your insurance policy, the homeowner's insurance. You know, I look at it like this, and I would say a lot of us either have either CCW Safe or USCCA. Uh, now, I have USAA and uh, USAA as well. What's going on, Timothy? I have USAA, and uh, they allow you to insure your firearms. I know USCCA and CCW Safe probably do some of the same things too. Uh, no, we're not talking about a vest, <laughs> William. What's going on, you all? Um, yeah, that's that's the that's the extent of it. Just hope your stuff doesn't. I honestly don't know. Yeah, um, I'm a life member of the NRA, and I believe there's some gun insurance as being a part of the NRA. At least there used to be um, that would cover any guns that might have been stolen or destroyed in your home, maybe through a fire or tornado, something like that. Right, right. Um, but I don't know if I. I also have USC, USAA, sorry, USAA. Right. But I don't have any specific rider that I'm aware of, that I remember at least, right. uh, just for my guns. Right. So there's that. 
Nisha, just and I'm going to go back and uh, look at some of these questions too from Felicia, Adam, uh, what's going on, 2X. All right, so you said, when would the next class be? Uh, Marquise just said when his next class uh, was. My next uh, concealed carry class is this Saturday and Sunday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, you can text uh, 773-372. The number is going to come across the screen right here. All of our numbers are going to come up here in the event you're interested in any uh, concealed carry classes, stuff like that, especially one-on-one exclusive classes. You know, uh, I trust every last one of their trainings and training curriculums, things like that. If I did not trust them, they would not be on the screen. That's just what it is, you know. Uh, and not every concealed carry instructor is a great instructor, even though they are certified. You got to be careful because I'm going to tell you this. None of our classes, I don't care who you are, is going to really prepare you entirely. That's just like saying after a trial gym membership, you're not going to be fat. No, you're still going to be a fat fuck and you're going to have to do way more. And these are not the comments of either one of these guys. These are the comments of Mike Brown and Mike Brown alone. So just let you know that as a disclaimer, if you don't like me, that's fine. Please go get to them and get training. Uh, but <laughs> see, I don't mind burning myself just to get <laughs> that's some shit. But and I'll add in one thing. I'll add in one thing. Free is not always free. <laughs> Those are the comments of. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you were our, our next class, our next class is October second and third. Your yeah. discretion advised. This right. show may contain adult content. Boy, I'm telling you, do the graphic nature. That's it. We're gonna trigger. We're gonna definitely have some adult content in this. Uh, it's it's gonna be fun. That's it's gonna be fun. Yeah. And so, yeah, real, and real, I don't. I'll say I'll say it one more time. So our ne- our next class is October second and third, and just so everyone knows, Epstein did not kill himself. Ah, here you go, another one. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna get it blocked and now. For me, um, all my concealed carry classes, whether it be the concealed carry sixteen hour course, eight hour course, or the um, renewal, all mine is by appointment only. Don't just the class. You want me? Hit me up, and I do it around your schedule. So you just let me know when you're available. Facts, facts. That's exactly how I do. I usually have uh, two or three or four people on a waiting list, and I call everybody and say, hey, you tell me what works for you, and we'll make it happen, whether it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday evenings for four or five you know, Tuesdays in a row, or Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, Monday. I don't have a set schedule and say, here's my class, take it or leave it. I wait, and I work out with the with my students what time works for you. Let, you let me know, and I'll make it happen one way or another. Right. So my next renewal class is October 2nd on a Saturday morning. And my next concealed carry class will be on October 16th and 17th, um, 830 to 5 on Saturday and Sunday down here in Williamson County. Outstanding. Outstanding. Adam Pro asked a question. Hey, what's going on? I'm in Ohio. What's a good age for kids to learn shooting and what do you start them with? Go ahead, Marquise. There is no age. It's based on the level of maturity of that child. Never put a number on it. And the way I've always told people is simply this. If your kid understands the difference between right and wrong and can articulate and understand the words, don't touch that unless I tell you, then you're good. So that's what I tell people. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You could have a, a small 
seven or a big five. Look, <laughs> as long as they have the ability, because I love training children. I'm sure all of us do. Like they are very obedient and eager to learn. Unlike adults who have a variety of different problems and barriers, things like that to actually learning. That is a great question. And uh, I know I have extended the offer. I'm sure you guys might have as well. But uh, I love it when I've had it in the past where I've had parents who have brought their children to the concealed carry classes because they want them to learn. Now, I tell you, I'm, I'm not going to change the way that I talk because you have them here. You're going to expose them to it. I'm going to give it to them. And then they're just going to have to learn from that because that that's the real world. You know, they cuss when you're not around anyway. So <laughs> I yield. Go ahead, guys. True story. I, uh, I'll train kids if the parents are willing to be there with them and they sign a, a waiver. Um, I have trained kids as little as six years old, but they were very mature, very wise, very focused six-year-old kids. And I'll start them off sometimes with a Daisy BB gun you know, shooting a cardboard box and then we can move up to a 22 bolt action rifle or if we want to shoot shotguns, a single shot shotgun. So that way there's no danger of repeated firing. You know, it's either a bolt 22 with one round in it or a single shot shotgun. Then I have a 22 caliber uh, Smith & Wesson Victory target pistol that I, I'll have them shoot if once their hands are big enough to get a good grip on that gun or once they can reach the trigger properly, grip the gun properly, that kind of stuff. Then I'll train them with a 22 and then move up. I just had my 12 year old out on the range last weekend and she was shooting my full size duty guns um, because she's able to do that. And once, once she's able to get a grip and reach the trigger properly and manage that recoil, then, uh, but I'm like Marquise, 99% of it is up here in the head. I've met six year old kids that were ready to start and I've met 20, 21 year old kids in the academy who were not mature enough to to have a firearm. That's a whole I've other. Had to, you know, I've had to escort people off the off the firing line before at the academy because they could not follow basic safety rules. Right, right. Yeah. And so I mean, it's I, not about. To me, it's not about the age. It's about the maturity level and their physical ability to control the firearm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I'll say the same thing. Obviously, we'll teach children all day, every day. Um, we love teaching children. The children and the light that they have in their eyes is just phenomenal on so many levels with the new age technology that we have going on with call of duty and Warzone and gta 5 and everything else there is such a stigma obviously about guns where they're seeing guns not necessarily in the right ways and they just see them as they're awesome and i get to shoot people online and games and everything else and yeah once you actually get it in their hands and, and, and actually show them the true meaning of a firearm, what it's useful, how it operates, one, they gain a genuine respect for it. Two, obviously, they're learning the proper safety of everything. And, you know what I mean, what could genuinely come from this? You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a video game where I get shot, you know what I mean, and then I go to the gulag and win my gulag match and I get to come back to life and, and you know what I mean, help play the game somewhat. This is, you know I mean, this is true life or death. And so um, at whatever age they're able to understand the difference between life and death and make valid choices and make proper choices, those are the times when, you know I mean, essentially they're mature enough to 
handle those firearms. Right. And especially if you're going to teach them about firearm safety, please, and this is my advice, don't tell a kid that your gun is for protection. All right? Never tell a kid your gun is for protection because I'm going to tell you right now, kids have bullies that are twice as worse than when we was growing up. Yep. And you teach them that that gun's for protection and they go to school and they go to school and need protection. You know, what I tell kids is that the firearm is for home defense. Now, you take that or leave it, but I'm telling you now, if your kid decides to invite the bully back to the house, now you're dealing with premeditated murder. But at least you didn't tell them it was for protection and they went to school playing Call of Duty. You're going to whip my ass? Come on to 2300 Grassy Knoll Lane. <laughs> I try to get the kids to understand. I'm sorry, Marquise, go ahead. Finish up. I was going to say, hey, John, it's creepy as hell that someone was just in that window behind you, just for the record. Yes, I was trying to say that. I was like, oh, my God, look out. <laughs> that, that, that is the shit that horror movies is made of. Like, John, you're, a, they're in the That's it. <laughs> look behind you. Look behind you. All right, here we go. If I have a knife, do I need a concealed uh, weapons permit to carry it around? No. <laughs> uh, well, no, you double edged question. I would say, hold on. No, you do not. But in order to have a switchblade or an out the front knife, yeah. the, you have to have a FOID card. card. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because it's, it's a firearm. I'll say no offense to that person asking that question. I yeah. can't read the questions. I can't see what's going on. Okay. But if you have to ask that question, then you probably shouldn't be carrying a knife to begin with. That yeah. just shows me that you need to be trained. Yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to piss anybody off, but that's all I'm saying. Oh, no, sir. Here on this show, that's why it's called Triggered. We piss people off. We got to do that shit. But I'm, I'm sure that's not... You, you get it, right? All right. Here we go. Uh... I take my ten-year-old daughter. She's gonna be. Uh, she's gonna be going. She be going. What the fuck am I she reading? She be going since she was eight. She been going, yo. You know what? She shoots everything we have in the house. Uh, just what is wrong with me reading today? Oh my god! She shoots everything we have in the house for just in case situations. What the fuck is going on? All right. Uh, here we go. Great job, David. Keep that going. I'm gonna read this just cause it's funny. Meek Mill Vivo One. Is it illegal to put crack in your crack? We're gonna keep on going. Not gonna answer that one. Right, that was crazy. Here we go. Hello, instructor Mike and other range instructors. Which pistol ammo do you recommend for home defense? I currently use hollow points. That's what he meant to say. Yeah, I'll say I get that. You currently use hollow points. I mean, obviously whatever's gonna whatever is going to cycle through your firearm. Okay, that is one of the big things I will say. At the end of the day, you can buy, you know what I mean, all these different rounds, even including the rip-it rounds. And unless you actually run it through your firearm, which rip-its malfunction a majority of the time in most firearms, because most firearms are not, their chambers are not set up to take the jagged points. Right, right. And that's where you end up getting the misfeeds. Um... As far as what we use, I mean, I use federal HSTs, and I also use ARX rounds. Um, I usually, for me, my first five rounds are ARX rounds. After that, I have my next ten rounds are HSTs, 
And then in my second and third territory mags, or second or third mags, um, again, it's the first five rounds are ARX and then followed up with HSDs. So I'll just say that um, I've never heard of quote-unquote home defense rounds. There are self-defense rounds. There are some rounds that are marketed as critical defense rounds, but there, I know of no ammo that's specifically designed and manufactured and sold as home defense. So I think probably what the viewer was asking is uh, maybe a recommendation for self-defense rounds. And at that point, then I would ask, or I would say um, that you definitely want ammo that's gonna function well in your gun, it's gonna be reliable and accurate, and that they make a plethora of ammo specifically designed for self-defense. So if you go to a gun store and you buy the cheapest box of jacketed hollow points that you can find, that's great for practice, great for range time, but that was not what I would recommend for self-defense. I would recommend some type of good quality, reliable, purpose-built self-defense ammo. And what I would chime in on is, in my personal opinion, Research your ammo and is always based on caliber. So for example, nine millimeter hollow point has a higher potential to ricochet off human bone. So you want to look at grain, you want to look at muzzle velocity. Also, you want to check and see if the round is rated for the barrel you're going to shoot it from. Because what some people don't know is that hollow point shot out of a smaller barrel fires and hits like a full metal jacket, which means in and out. It fails to expand and it goes in and out. So research your ammo, but yeah, the general answer is always hollow point because we want the bullet to go in and stop. We bullet projectile, we usually call it cartridge, ammunition, things like that. But research your ammo, because matter of fact, perfect example, Critical Hornady, Critical Defense. They have specific rounds that, if I'm not mistaken, those rounds actually go through shorter barrels and actually shoot like full metal jacket. So again, barrel length, muzzle velocity, expansion, and bullet and grain as in yeah. bullet weight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All, take all those things into consideration. Unfortunately, you're in a market where certain things are hard to find. So in this day and age, hollow point, if you can find it, just buy it. I hate to say it like yeah. that. Yeah. That's where you're at now. And also, here's another good question, too. Um, do you... Okay, so typically on the range, they only want you to shoot range ammunition, right? I like to test fire my hollow points on the range, too. Yeah be it indoor and outdoor. Here's the reason why. Now, though some ranges may frown on it, you will find that not all hollow points fit through, or not fit through, but feed well on the feeder ramp into the chamber. Different hollow point rounds have different, like you'll have your failure to feeds, you know, uh, even though you got your malfunctions, your failure to fire, failure to eject, you know, you pop it and click, you know, all this stuff. But, you typically have those hollow points. And that's another thing. As soon as you said Hornady critical defense, I don't know if you've seen my head shake, but uh, yeah, in my Glock 19, I had to trash those because they just, 
and Glock will eat up anything, but they just did not perform well. And here's another thing, too. If you have the constant uh, crimping, if you will, you know, the more you continue to, you know, load, load one into the chamber, mag out, take one out, load it into the chamber, mag out, take that round out of the chamber. Every time you, you know, come in the house, unload your firearm, and then you keep having to do that, and the round just keeps, the bullet just keeps compressing into the casing, into the casing, you know, uh, you have to check for those too. Um, yeah, it's called in. Huh? It's called inset. Yeah, yeah. You have you have those issues. Uh, so those are just things. You said what again? Yes, that could also that could cause a malfunction. Repeatedly loading and unloading the magazines, repeatedly cycling through the ammo through yeah. the firearm or through the magazine. Number one, to me, it's not necessary. And number two, it could cause premature ammo wear, wear and tear on the ammo. Yeah. which could cause a malfunction. Yeah. So to me, that's just not a good idea. Yeah. Um, I wasn't specifically recommending Hornady. I was just saying that I don't care if it's Hornady, Black Hills, SIG, uh, every major manufacturer has ammo specifically designed to work at a premium through concealed carry guns. You know, if they may have less muzzle flash, less recoil, maybe a heavier bullet, a different design bullet. That's designed to work specifically with modern day micro compact and compact subcompact guns. Right. And right. all I'm saying is if you are looking for something for defense, find one that works reliably with your firearm that is specifically built for self defense. Right. Absolutely. Right. And on top and to follow up on that, um, what I tend to do with my concealed carry firearm is whatever round I'm gonna use. Always put roughly a 25 through it, maybe 50, depending on the day I'm having. See how it cycles and see where it hits. I hate to say it, every gun, point of aim, point of impact is different based on the different types of hollow points. And I had to figure this out the hard way. But that's damn my business. It's none of your business how I found out the hard way. Um... So what I do is I shoot my quick 2550 through my concealed carry gun. And once I know point of, uh, point of aim, point of impact, then I'm okay with carrying that. And going forward, I use a specific grain to always cycle through my gun. So for me, I always carry 147 grain, 9 millimeter, um, Remington Golden Sabres. I love those rounds. They're the only rounds that I personally have used that I know that point of aim, point of impact, and cycling have never been a problem. When you get into the ones that have the point, that's when things kind of get a little bit sketchy. And again, it depends on your gun, depends on your feed ramp, depends on your chamber. I I recommend that you buy... Purpose-built self-defense ammo. Take it to the range and shoot it. Yes. This is new to me. I didn't know you guys up there couldn't shoot hollow points at your ranges. I don't know why. That's that's new to me. I do that but shit. I can shoot whatever oh, I want. Can, you can shoot hollow points at my range. I do that shit okay. anyway. I wait. I told you not. I, I thought Mike or somebody. I thought one of you guys said you couldn't shoot hollow points on your range. No, I said. I mean, ranges, there are ranges that frown upon it. Yeah. They oh really? Use normal ball ammo. But, okay. Uh, see, I didn't know that. Like from us, obviously for me. We shoot on a private land range, so I have no interior regulations on what we do. Right, yeah, me either. But I recommend for new shooters or anytime you buy a new gun for self-defense, 
buy some ammo, buy two boxes of ammo, take it to the range, make sure number one, it's reliable and that it's accurate. That it, you know, you can get used to the muzzle flash or the recoil that, that everything is going to cycle as it should 100% reliability. Then you can feel confident carrying that. Right. I don't mean you have to practice with it every time you go to the range, but at, at least before I carry a new gun or new ammo or any combination that I'm going to take it to the range or I'm going to fire it up just to make sure that it is reliable and it is accurate. Yeah. You're literally betting your life that it's going to work. Because I think it, I think it becomes somewhat of a, I don't want to call it a send off, but yeah, it becomes somewhat of a, uh, a, a issue of reliability when you, you know, shoot just full metal jackets out of your firearm all the time. If you have not tested any hollow point rounds in your firearm and then you get out there and, and see that the hollow that the hollow tip, if anything, doesn't gel well with the feeder ramp, especially if you carry certain sensitive firearms like the 1911. I carried a, a Sig Sauer M1911, and then I carried a Rock Island Armory uh, <laughs> 1911, and I used to, I could only feed uh, Hornady Critical Defense into, and the Corbon, remember the Corbon with the Polymer Ball? I could only feed those into that 1911 because they looked like the full metal jackets and they would go up the feeder ramp easily under stress. Uh, yeah. So I, I would suggest, yes, yes. Yep. 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 That's it. Just the tip. This moment has been brought to you today by <laughs> when you got a question, if it's going to go through just the tip. All right. Um, <laughs> What else we got? What other questions? Yeah. Oh, here we go, John. Uh, here we go. You said indoor ranges don't like metal jackets. Uh, I'm going to get to it. Hey, Cecil, what's going on? Hey, Mike, I heard concealed carry are allowed to have up to 15 rounds in their weapon. Is this true? There you go. You got four thumbs down. Why? Because the Illinois Concealed Carry Act preempts local law it preempts local law so they've tried it i have no minimum carry as much as you can there is no minimum requirement now i will tell you this being a person who who listens to bond court every morning every no pretty much felony bond court around noon right almost every morning uh what i will tell you is this judges in cook county when they look at the length of your magazine, right? I have never heard, and you got Judge John Like, shouts out to John, uh, Judge John Like, he's a very fair judge. You know, uh, there's a couple of other ones too, Judge Willis, Arthur Willis. Um, and so I, I'm just shouting out their names because I hear the fairness uh, when they are on the bench, which is what you want on the bench. Like, uh, let me get back to the magazine issues. I can keep going on with that. If you have an extended magazine, I'm talking about that 30-round magazine, oh, they're going to bang you for that. That is an aggravating factor in their decision as to whether or not you get bond. But in terms of your, like, I carry a 21-round mag for my SIG, 21-round mags for my Glock, and then your, you know, 19-round uh, mags for the 19X, your 17 and 15, they don't bang you out for that. <laughs> they don't bang <laughs> thanks Alea. they don't bang you out for that now you said courtroom 100 is a joke I hear you Raymond but that's not based on what I hear actually listening to it 
I don't know if I can agree, but I understand that just to give you information on that. Cause I know some people like Cook County has an ordinance where it's 10 rounds. No one gets banged for that. I, I, I don't, I don't hear that in court. No. And, and other than that, where you guys are getting stuck is extended mags and standard mags. Exactly. If I bought a Glock 17 and it came with a 17-round mag, that's not a high-capacity mag. It's not extended mag. It's a standard magazine that came with that gun. Absolutely. If I bought a Glock 17 with a 10-round magazine, that's the standard mag that came yep. with that gun. My the standard mag was 18 rounds and it came with another mag that was 19 rounds. Mike just told you his gun came with a 21 round mag. That's a standard magazine for that gun, not extended like you see the Glock 33 round mag, which technically, if you own a Glock 18 fully auto pistol, that would be the standard mag for, for that, yes. But this that is hella illegal. In Illinois, unless you have the proper licensing, that's an extended. All right. And they I are. Believe that words are good. Words are important. I try to tell my people words are important. You're going to have to choose your words wisely. To me, there is no such thing as an extended mag. And I hate to hear extended clip, but that's a whole different argument. But extended mag or um, what's the other one you guys just said? I don't know. High capacity mags. High capacity magazine. That's some arbitrary made up terms. Um, if I remember right, back in the Clinton administration, back Clinton in the crime bill. early yeah. to mid 90s, yeah. where they passed the assault weapons ban and they had to define what's an assault weapon because they made that up too. And then they started coming up with other terms. And um, yeah, if I've got a magazine that holds 17 rounds, it's a standard issue magazine for that, for that firearm. You can buy a Keltec 22 Magnum that holds 30 rounds in the magazine. That's not an extended mag. It's the way it was designed. It's made from the factory to hold 30 rounds for that pistol. So to me, that's not a, you know, that's not an extended magazine or a high capacity magazine. It's as it should be. It's as it was manufactured. Okay. I'll yield. I'll yield to. I'll yield to that. Actually, let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100 percent real. High-capacity mags and extended magazines were all labeled because there's a certain political party that wants fear in everyone's eyes whenever there's a firearm incident, and they want you to, you know, run and hide at the fact that someone had, you know what I mean, a, th- uh, uh, let's say, a 50-round magazine. <laughs> Seth so, shit. Um, actually, yes, he is. He is. He is a field carry instructor. He is. He is. Who? What? Just, just let this one go. Yeah. The question was: Is is the rapper Twista a concealed carry instructor? And actually, he is. He is, and we are gonna leave it there. Yeah, never heard of. Okay. Hey, <laughs> I, Jacob was like, "What's a Twister? We haven't had one of those since the <laughs> since the movie Twister came down." Uh, uh, shouts out to Tornado Victims, and we'll leave it there. Good yeah, there we go. And we're just we're just gonna leave that there because you know what. No, we good. No, 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 no. We good. You just had to rub that shit in. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I will say this. Good. There is one assault rifle that does exist. 
the STG-44 is the only real assault rifle ever created, and that's the only one that it can be labeled and said to be an assault rifle. Everything else is literally either AR-15, AK-47, or whatever other brand Wait variant, whatever. Doesn't AR stand for assault rifle? Why, yes, it does there, uh, Johnny. Wait a minute. Isn't that the Armalite Design 15? Look. Well, Johnny, according to the statistics of the media, the AR and AR-15 means assault rifle or automatic rifle. The A can be anything you want it to be. In that political party. In that political party. That's why I'm calling you Johnny. Because I want to make sure that I seem friendly in this conversation of bullshit. <laughs> Here we go. William asked a question. Would you agree putting a thousand rounds through a firearm would be a clear indication of firearm reliability and break in? No. Nah. Nah, why? I mean, well, I mean, you can put it. I mean, for like normal everyday new semi-automatic firearms i mean you don't necessarily have to put them in your round for breaking now if we're talking a 1911 okay yes if you truly want to break in a 1911 shots fired quick your true trigger comes out after you fired a thousand fifteen hundred rounds. Jacob, you're ja- hurtful for this nineteen eleven man. Jacob will be back. He froze up. I know he'll come back in. Uh, is any one of you all teaching a class? Close? Are you close to Plainfield? Uh, um, I'm down in Bourbon A, so you're about. I, I got a couple students that come to see me from Plainfield. Um, I mean, Marquise, I know you're up that way, but. I'm Googling now to see where he is. Ah, so, I know where Plainfield is. is. over by Shorewood off of 55, yeah. just north of 80. Right. Close to... Oh, okay. Somewhere close, close to Stateville. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Marquise, I mean, we're, like I said, we're down in Bourbon A. Marquise is over, I believe, in Orland. Yeah, so you 38 minutes from me, it would just be whether or not if you want to do a private class and, you, and your dates are ready. I'm in the Republican anus of Chicago, so... And I'm not saying this is a Republican area. I'm just saying this is the. Let's keep going. Fuck it. <laughs> I just had to fucking do that. That's it. <laughs> I thought that was an air horn. Literally. Uh, those of you all watching on YouTube, go ahead and share this. Create a post. Share it to Facebook. Let's get more people into the conversation. Love these questions. I'm going to put more uh, up here. Let's get this going. Hopefully, we get Jacob back into the stream. Uh, yes, Eddie Guns, I do recall, <laughs> don't laugh at this shit, Rashad, yes, I do recalls, uh, hit me up, 773-372-3929, uh, we can get you requalified, stuff like that, if you're trying to do concealed carry, also, all of us do, uh, three-hour renewals, you know, uh, uh, concealed carry classes, so, uh, anybody on this panel, uh, anybody on this panel would be a great uh, instructor for you to get up with for sure. Um, here we go. Any DMV instructor you guys recommend? Uh, in Virginia? Mm. Wait, for what? Let's be specific. What, what, what do you want from them? 
Oh, dude, this is a good one too. Wait, wait till I don't know. As soon as he said DMV, I'm like, we about to go driving. Oh no, he's asking any any anybody coming to the DMV area. Right, right. He he has both questions, but the thing is, what specific thing are you looking for? Concealed carry, learning how to <laughs> shoot, house clearing. What you talking? What you talking? Seth, <laughs> Seth starting shit. <laughs> don't be tough. Let's keep going. I don't know what DMV is. I'm stupid to this. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Virginia. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. All right. So, like, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. Got it. Okay, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. See, you learn something fucking new every day. All right. I mean, I just drove through there. You know what? Here, here's this. Banks. Have any of you all thought about getting your instructor cert, like, in Maryland? Because I heard you can do that. I was thinking about that. So, I'm thinking about doing it for Maryland, Virginia, and um, oh, it was one more, and I can't think of it. Thank you, DC, Maryland, Virginia. Because I come home New York, so I can carry in New York. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking about that because uh, you got, I got to go to Maryland State Police and look that up because I know there's people that ask for classes uh, down in the Maryland area. So, um, I said, I I you guys have already, at least I know Mike and Marquise. Obviously, I didn't have your number, Jacob, at the time, but I've talked about this. A mobile training team, guys. You did say that. We could do that. I, I'm only laughing because I said the D said Delaware. It actually stands for DC. Yeah, because I was. You're not going. Uh, I, can, I, can, I, can I get like hey, 75%? You, had, you got 75% because I didn't have nothing. I'm like DMV. We about to go driving. What are we talking <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell are we driving to? We're teaching yeah. driving now? Right. You know what? Tyler Shaw asked a very good question. Uh, any thoughts about texts sent to schools about shootings? I, kn I know there was a, um, uh, article that came out, um, and it sparkles stay on. Cause, uh, I'm going to go on ahead and throw that question out there too. Um, about students that were, that were sending threats to each other. And I guess they were being disciplined about that. You know, we, we spend so much time talking about the Victor Adam X-ray, or the I forgot what the phonetic one for it is. Whatever, Victor at Alpha X Ray again. Whatever that we yeah, yeah. we don't talk about the school. Yeah, we don't talk about the school. I mean, that's crazy. We don't talk about the school shootings. You know, when are we gonna start training teachers? Would you guys do it? In a heartbeat. Not every team. We're not. We're not talking about the old Miss. Baby, if you don't get your ass out this hole, no, I'm not talking about. I I have conditions. Okay. The teacher has to volunteer, and it can only be on their body. It can never be in a drawer. It can't be anywhere else except for their body. So volunteer on their body, because I feel like this: if if the teachers willing to give their life to save the students, why not? empower them to save the lives of the students right right now with the proper training of barricade and wait for the threat though i ain't talking about going to look for people yeah don't, don't, go, don't go hunting if you ain't a hunter he no he not yes he is yeah i've taught uh several <laughs> teachers only classes i've walked through schools and then security assessments before for different schools um Obviously, you know, a school is a uh, prohibited area here in the state of Illinois. So, 
they can't have a loaded firearm in the classroom, in the school, but there are other options that are available to them. And we mainly address things like run, hide, fight, AED, avoid, escape, defend. Um, you know, and if there's an active shooter coming into your classroom, then at that point, anything goes. Um, hit him in the head with a book, a stapler, the fire extinguisher, the trash can, kick him in the balls, get your eyeballs out, bite their nose off, whatever it is you got to do. Protect those students first and foremost. And uh, some teachers are okay with that, you know. Now, if they have a concealed carry license, the parking lot exemption says they have to leave their, they can leave their loaded firearm in their vehicle. So that's not going to do them any good here in Illinois if something happens in the school and your firearm is out in the vehicle, in your parking lot. Um, I think that's, uh, again, that's, uh, you know, that's one of those political parties to ideas to make schools a prohibited area and what a coincidence where do most mass shootings happen in at the prohibited areas at the place least so protected how do, prevent, how do we prevent most mass shootings eliminate prohibited areas let the good guys defend themselves from the bad guys but you know what but i've done that i've talked about that um last christmas break when the schools were out for uh 10 days or two weeks i was real busy teaching uh teaching teachers you know, that, that kind of stuff. Here, here's a funny question, though, because I find that this is area specific. So in my have to shoot versus want to shoot scenarios, one of the scenarios that I put out there is, you know, uh, it's you're outside of the school. You're waiting for your three children to exit the school. You're in your vehicle. You've been waiting there for about 20, 25 minutes. Next thing you know, shots are fired. <laughs> Rashad ain't shit. All Mike needs now is that little head shake and he like a Catholic principal. You know what? All right, we're going to keep on going. I love y'all in the comment section. Y'all ain't shit. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> but here we go. Shots are fired. Next thing you know, kids uh, and adults are running outside with blood on their clothes. A man exits and suddenly drops to the ground. Half the shooter want to shoot. And the response that I get is, well, want to shoot you? You don't have to go in there. I mean, I'm. Psh, that's not my. Well, why would we go in there? The guy who did the shooting is on the ground, and I'm like, you so focused on the fact that it was a man. I didn't say shot stop. You fixed on that man, thinking that that man was a shooter, and you just you just said screw your three kids. So now they inside getting all shot the hell up, and you're not gonna go inside. Now this isn't really a right or wrong answer. You see what I'm saying? But I, I, it's specifically to you what you would do right i know i would go in i know you guys would likely probably go I, fuck it you, we, we go in so i'm not going to confirm or deny that statement in case if i have to go do it then it'd be like yo he's a maniac and he said he'll go do whatever hey fair enough that's it the comments of the what you just heard are those of mike and mike brown alone if you have any questions, please send a, you know, to P.O. Box. No, <laughs> but <laughs> the only reason why I'm saying that is that if we are in that situation, right? There's now video proof that said we would go do X, Y, Z instead of it was just mere coincidence. We was at the right place at the right time. Right. All right. Well, I'm gonna so say it. The reason why I'm saying that. I'm gonna say it. Fuck it. I'm going in, and I've I've already been on social media saying it. Now that doesn't mean because I said I would go in if I'm there, I'm really gonna do it. 
I might pass out and say God took me in my sleep. He had a dream for me and I had to catch it while out. No, I'm just playing. But what I'm saying is this. There is no right or wrong answer, I guess, in terms of that because it's basically impulse what you would do, you know. But I definitely find, back to the original point, and I'm going to yield to you, uh, Jacob, that it is specific to the area because in Chicago, we don't really, for the most part, have shootings inside schools. It's when you get outside the school, you'll get your ass whooped or get shot. So that's specific to the area. But in other areas like Columbine, you know, Sandy Hook, these places where there have been shoot, even in Illinois, NIU, right? We had a shooting, Northern Illinois University, you know, stuff like that. In places like that, you know, they would probably say, it's a trigger just to even talk about that because it brings up moments of that and they would want someone to come in, you know, Virginia Tech, stuff like that. I yield to you, Jacob. What's your thoughts? My thoughts aren't about schools specifically, but using force in defense of a third person in general. So if you find yourself at a mall or a restaurant or somewhere in public, and you think that there is an active shooter, an active shooting situation going on, you have to be very, very careful engaging. Because if you don't know exactly 100% who is who, and you try to be the hero, and you end up using deadly force on somebody who you thought was the bad guy, but in fact they were just another concealed carry holder, or they were an off-duty cop, or they were a retired cop, or an undercover pro agent or whatever. I would not recommend running across the school parking lot or anywhere out in public with a gun in your hand, running to a situation because you may be confused as the active shooter. You may be confused for the bad guy and in turn get shot by another good guy. You see the confusion? It's all mass chaos. It's all mass confusion. And nobody really knows who is who in any of those situations. So, I'm not talking about just school, so I'm talking about anywhere in public, what I call in, use of force in defense of a third person, meaning not me, not my wife, not my kid, somebody else. You have to be very, very careful if you choose to interdict yourself, involve yourself in that situation. But Sometimes you know, the best thing to do would be run, hide, fight, avoid, escape, defend, be a good witness. Go ahead, call 911, be a good witness. Go ahead, John. Instead of getting yourself involved. Yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna say, I'd actually like to piggyback with that as well. Because, um, and this one actually hits a little bit close to home. Cause, so just the other day, i.e. Thursday night, one of my students was down in Dalton and actually almost was involved in a defensive shooting. Um, he was driving eastbound down 147th or Sibley. Um, when a car it was dropped down into single lane and one car came up beside him and obviously merged in front of him, well, there was a dark SUV that came speeding up behind him. So he is the number two car in the line of three. Number three has a passenger outside of the sunroof shooting at the number one vehicle while driving. Um... There was probably what he had heard was about 10 to 15 rounds that, you know what I mean, was shot over his head in his vehicle. And he actually went to go engage. 
and he still actually had his firearm in his hip with his seatbelt on. And actually, the seatbelt pitched up, so he wasn't able to pull his firearm. And I actually told him, I was like, your seatbelt actually saved your life. Because you were at a complete and total tactical disadvantage. Um, so we obviously, after some conversations and some more talking and things like that, you know what I mean? He obviously had a better understanding. Um, but he had developed that chemical cocktail dump, that adrenaline dump, because he's got bullets literally flying above his car. Um, because then what had happened after that is the car sped past him and then pulled up next to number one vehicle and put another five shots into the vehicle. So like I told him, it's one of those, it's not necessarily, you know what I mean? Yes, we can defend in obviously third person for third person situations, but it's not always the wisest thing to do or the tactically sound thing to do. Um, In that case, his best case was to avoid it monitor it, report it. And to piggyback on all three of them, in my personal opinion, if you ain't trained to go do it, don't become part of the situation. Now you become... I'm going to tell you like this, because I even train cops on this same scenario. When you have a firearm or you're involved in some type of incident, you know you're there to prevent a murder. That includes yours. True and I'm story. telling you now, if you believe that you're that gung-ho person because you took a 16-hour course and now you feel that if an active shooter was going to come, I got concealed carry, I can get involved, get the out of here. You're, all you're going to do is add to the body count. That's all you're going to do. If you don't know, if you don't understand the basics of even how to clear a hallway or a room, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I love hearing so many, man, I went to a room clearing class. For what? What was your intent to go to a room clearing class? Well, in case someone broke into my house. So if someone broke into your house, you're going to clear rooms? Don't you know where the person is at if they broke into the house? You're going to hear a crash. If you have an alarm system, now I'm wondering, well, how does your alarm system work? And I talked about this earlier today. People train at a disadvantage. No one, tra- a lot of people don't train for preemption. They right. don't train for, they don't pre, pre-cog, so to speak. Yeah, instead of being proactive, they're being reactive. Right. So in my opinion, I feel like this. There's two ways everything can go. You hear the active shooter, he ran through the door and he started shooting. You ran behind them and you started shooting at them, not realizing there's a police officer or guard already on the other side engaging him. You running in makes it look like you are helping the active shooter. Why do you think most people get shot helping Because there's no identifier to say, look, I'm a concealed carrier. And it was a company, I won't mention their name. They came out with this little cute little ribbon you can put around your body to say that you are a concealed carrier jumping into a, a, going into a fight. 
I'm like, okay, so now you're gonna get killed wearing a hall monitor badge or hall monitor uh ribbon. That's all that's gonna happen. Don't be talking about us. I used to be a crossing guard. Keep going though. <laughs> so I feel like this. Color guard. Unless you know what the H E double hockey sticks you're doing, don't put yourself in those situations. And I'm going to use a term here, and obviously, let's see if the public knows what it is, okay? Most of you guys don't have even the correct training as far as developing your OODA loop, okay? So, if anyone is out there, can is that a belt loop? What OODA stands for? OODA loop, but the OODA part. What is this? You talk about the oodles and noodles. Now you, oh, oh man. Yep. <laughs> oodles and noodles? You said yeah. a oh. A necklace with a bullseye. Does anybody know what does O O B A? What does that mean? That's going. Ever had some interaction here? Does anybody know what Uda, the Uda section, O O D A stands for? That's it. Go ahead in the comments. Uda loop. What does it mean? What does it mean? There you go. Add hot water. Stir it. And make sure it's. Not the shrimp can. No, that's. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say one more thing about this subject, and then I'll be ready to move on. I think. Yeah. But Marquise brought up a good point and reminded me, we're not training civilians to go out there and be heroes. I'm not okay. training you how to be a cop. I'm not training you how to be a SWAT team member or a Green Beret or an Airborne Ranger. You're not supposed to take your little CCL with two days of training and go out there and be a hero. That's not your fucking job. Your job is to learn how to defend yourself and your loved ones. That's why you're carrying that loaded firearm in public, to protect yourself and your loved ones. And you go out there and do something stupid, trying to be a hero, and you're going to do something that's going to get yourself killed or put in jail, probably. So it's not worth the risk. It's just not worth it. That's not your, you are not duty-bound to go out there and stop somebody else from doing something. And you're probably going to get yourself shot. And to, you're probably going to get yourself shot. And to that end, to... Uh, to bring that point home, those of us in the Chicagoland area remember a story of a man uh, who was working at uh, a Manny's Blue Room, working at a bar, Jamel Roberson, right? He was a, a security officer uh, working. Those of you all watched during the time Melothian PD was accused of being racist for shooting a black guy who was a security officer with a gun and people just did not understand that that was not necessarily true. Here you have a security officer who was not authorized to carry at all. All he had was a FOIA card, no concealed carry, working at a bar, Shots were fired in that situation uh, because the security team put the guy out. What usually happens in bars, it's a different. White bars, it can sometimes end up in fights. Black bars, it sometimes ends up in somebody getting shot. I'm just speaking facts. You ain't got to like me, but hey, we know what it is. And I'm just saying, guy came back, was like, hell no, you ain't going to put me out. I was trying to get to Keisha number and shit. Came back in through the back end. Pop, 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 shot. Some people got hurt. People kept running. Jamel decided to do the foolish yet understandably heroic thing. Run to his car. Grabs his gun. Comes back. Takes the guy down. The actual shooter. 
take him down to the ground. See, the problem is, I got to agree with Jacob. I got to agree with Marquise. I got to agree with John. See, when you're a police officer, you know that after one action, there's another. After that action, there's another. After that action, there's another. There's another. From the cut, from the firearm, getting out of the car, you get the, I'm sorry, I'm going too far, too fast. From the call, we're responding, still looking. When we get there, still looking. Gun out at play, here we go. From that, so we make contact. Well, once they submit, because you can't cuff anybody when you haven't controlled them, right? So when you control them, and even then, that becomes finicky, right? Once we make contact, and hopefully we got more security, more people there on scene, firearm goes in the holster, and what's next out? We got cuffs. We got cuffs. We're ready to go on ahead and cuff this person up. From the cuff to the positioning, from the positioning to the walking, from the walking to the car, from the car to driving to the station, from the station to the lockup, from the lockup, securing property, inventory. There's a procedure. And when Jamel had him down to the ground, he had no cuffs. Why? Because he wasn't supposed to be cuffing people. I tell people all this time, all the time, what do you have in your, around your waist? If you don't have a gun, they don't want you to do gun shit. If you don't have cuffs, they don't want you to do cuff shit. If they don't have, if they don't have a baton, don't beat shit. If all you got is a radio, and it's probably just a scanner because you're playing police, you know what I'm saying? Your backup is a long ways away, so you're trying to push out the sound as though you're important when you ain't got nobody on the other end. It's going to be you and a whole bunch of crossing guards at your funeral because the police ain't got shit for you. I'm just saying... You know, there is more to it than just thinking that you're going to really be able to do this. I know you've heard this, Marquise and John and Jacob, when people say all the shit that they would do in a self-defense situation. I am friends with an instructor and she was uh, in the area where the uh, the young kid from Simeon in 83rd and Holland, she was in the nail shop. Person got shot. She froze, freaked the fuck out. I'm not mad. That's the limitations of her experience. But saying something a thousand times is not the same thing as living it once. You live that shit once, it'll give you a whole different perspective about, oh shit, I wasn't ready. Why? Because you've never been pressure tested. Yep. Yes. So you don't know what the fuck you're going to do. Yes. You don't know what you're going to do. Like I was talking about. Like I was talking about. So for those that responded, yes, it is observe, orient, decide, and act. Absolutely. For a person who doesn't train their OODA loop, it's going to take usually a second and a half to two seconds in order to get through that process of observing what is happening, orienting themselves deciding whether or not they're going to do something and then acting upon it. Okay. Now let's add in for those concealed carrying people. Now you got to be able to clear your clothing, get your hand on your firearm, draw from the holster, get on target. Okay. You ain't training that. So not only do you got a slow reaction, now you got a slow draw. And you're already five to six seconds into a situation. Guess what? You're dead. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. And to break it down even further than what he just said, even with me training law enforcement, 
It is a point three seconds. You have point three seconds to identify if the person's a threat. Mm-hmm. Point three. The average law enforcement officer's draw is one point five seconds. Yes. Yep. Correct. Which means you got, and I'm giving you a point two second. As far as you got two seconds to break leather, draw from the holster, pull plastic, whatever you got. You got two seconds to figure it out, draw, and fire. And you better hope that what you were doing was the correct action. Yeah. Because all you got is that point three to go, wait, should I? Maybe. I'm not sure. But we're talking about a law enforcement officer with an exposed host. I was going to say, that's the that's law enforcement with an open carry, basically. Right. It's on a duty belt. Yeah, it's on a duty carry. belt. Now you got like to have to worry. Right. Your clothing. Like, for, and, and this is a, just a general question. I tell, and I'm, I'm going to make a statement, but it's a general question afterwards. I tell my students, you should practice before you leave the house. Dry fire. Get dressed, put on your holster, make sure the gun is empty. And for me, I teach seven chamber checks. It's goofy as hell for most people, but guess what? If I miss seven chamber checks and shoot something, something wrong with me or someone of a higher power wanted me to go to jail. It is what it is. Karma's yeah. a bitch. Yeah. All right. But I clear my firearm. I get dressed. I put on my holster. I go ahead and I holster up. I get in front of a mirror to make sure I'm not printing. And then I move around, give myself a command. Draw fire, draw fire, reset. Okay, I could have been fast. I could have been slower. Where did I screw up? Where didn't I screw up? But I do that every time I leave the house, no matter what I have on. Because I don't want to figure out when and what I'm going to do when it happens. I'd rather know what I'm going to do if it does happen. Now, my question after saying all that, and I want honest answers, how many of you actually practice Drawing your firearm every time you leave the house armed. And hold on, I'll, and now I don't even. I'll I do it twice. I, I do it once in the morning when I'm getting dressed, and then I do it again in the afternoon or the evening when I'm getting undressed. If I have to put the gun on or take the gun off, you're handling the firearm anyway. That's a perfect opportunity. Go ahead and get you five dry fires in. Go ahead and get you ten dry fires in. If you did that every day times 360 days out of the year, you've got a lot of dry fire practice right there. I'll go one further. How many actually practice getting out of the holster and getting off the X while dry fire? Yes, yes. Did it, I did it yesterday at the range. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's another method? <laughs> there you go. Introduce Imagine a new shit. Well, I'm, I'm the There's a whole other method to all of our madnesses. Right. And here's this. I'll go you one even better. How about even doing that in the car? Because is your firearm in the position, right? You'll find, yeah, here we go. A pit, somebody said something. Here we go. Let's go back to it. Because I seen the comment, and you know I'm coming for you. It wasn't bad. It was just funny when I saw somebody create uh, synergy. Center, oh my God! Synergistic transformations—that's what it was. I didn't want to butch the name up. Here we go. Hip carry is slower than appendix. That you got to provide some context for that because here we go. 
if you got a stomach and and you trying to appendix carry, yeah, okay, you know I'm going there, Marquise, because you know he heard me say it before, right? And then you standing, and it, and it's okay, but then you sit down and your belly push forward, and then it, it digs into your appendix, and then all of a sudden your belly pushing it, and now the, the the handle is touching the steering wheel, and you trying to the gun is driving the car for you while you trying to go hands free, and. <laughs> Or, or when you get out the car, your stomach make a shift, and then your because you know how some of your pants hang out. This is gonna be a comedy show. I'm just saying, you know, you gotta <laughs> when your appendix ain't your appendix, and it's digging into your pelvis, and you know it hurts, so you shift it around, and then somebody shock you asking for money in the yeah, you get it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay. Give me a second. I need to take a sip. That's Give it. Me a second, man. That's Please. it. Do it. Or you got that fancy bra. Go ahead, Jacob. You got that fancy bra holster. <laughs> These are things that I wrote down for possible topics to discuss tonight. Tonight, okay? Damn. So far, everything everything that we've talked about has been on here. Getting off the X. Hollow points versus full metal jackets. Everything with situational awareness. Everything that we've discussed tonight or things that I try to cover in every one of my classes. Right. So if Mike had said, well, Jake, what do you want to talk about tonight? I came prepared with a list of shit to talk about. That's why we, so far, everything we've discussed has been on that list. That's why we free-flowed so this shit. Cool. I had another time. Now, if, you want to talk, if that guy wants to talk about strong side on the belt, what he called, I think, hip carry. I call it strong side carry. Yeah. Versus appendix. Depending on the gun and the holster and the cover garments, in general, I think that's correct. I think appendix carry is slightly, slightly quicker only because your hands have less distance to move. The less I move, the quicker I can be. So it's economy of motion, right? My hands are up front anyway, probably in a defensive position. Therefore, it's quicker to come down and get the firearm from an appendix carry and punch out on target than it is to move all the way back here, get my firearm and come all the way back around. Having said that, I draw from cover and get my first round on target in about 1.5 seconds or 1.4 seconds from strong side, clearing cover, right? There's, I've got videos of me doing it. Clear my cover garment, draw fire in 1.5 or less, 1.4 on a good day. It's only about 1.3 or 1.4 from appendix. So we're talking a tenth of a second or so difference right. at most. Right. And that's with me trying practicing and training a lot. And that brings me to the next topic that I was want to talk about maybe then your reactionary gap. If it takes 1.5 seconds to draw, how far can attacker can an attacker approach you in that same 1.5 seconds? So last week we talked a little bit about the 21 foot rule, what I call the Tuller study. And it's not a rule. It's actually it was a study done and most on average, law enforcement officers could draw from, you know, a duty gun from a duty belt with no cover and get one shot on target in 1.5 seconds. Therefore, the question became, okay, what's my reactionary gap? How far is somebody who is, could be a threat to me, even if they're unarmed, based on the amount of time it takes me to draw and fire? Um, and that's what we call the reactionary gap. So... And I'm, uh, I'm glad, to me, to glad me glad it all, to me it all, it all, it's just other piece. It's, it's the same. It's different pieces to the same puzzle. You have to kind of like start putting everything together. You know, my cover garment, my draw, 
how my time, the time to draw and get a shot on. And then that informs me on what is my reactionary gap and all that stuff is just all tied in together to me. And that, I mean, I'm just saying that brings up another good topic as well. Cause you talk about reactionary gap. And so for the people that obviously don't necessarily train or train, you know what I mean? Let's say everyone's doing dry practice in, in, a, in this phenomenal world that we have going on in Illinois and everyone's doing their advanced training that they should be doing. Um, again, in a, in a phenomenal world. At the end of the day, everyone does realize that a firearm is a tool on your belt. It is not the only tool that you should have. Okay? It, you should have a tool belt full of tools. And I'm not talking about animate objects. Okay? I'm not talking about you need to carry a baton. You need to carry a knife. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily have to carry those things. Right. Especially if you're not going to get the training to use them. But the ability to know, because again, I learned this actually at um, the Guardian Conference that I went this past weekend, uh, working with Todd Fossey. For those that don't know, Todd Fossey is the owner of Integrated Defensive Strategies out of Minnesota. And I went to go do some hand-to-hand stuff with him. And can anyone tell me out of batteries, okay, simple and aggravated, what percentage of batteries are simple batteries? A, a lot. And this is based off the information by Jeff, uh, Jeff Gibbons. I can't give you a percentage, oh. but I know having responded to a lot, I know there's a lot of simple batteries. So I mean, the definition. Is, the, the percentage is actually 80% is simple batteries. Right, because you're talking about just touching. The I was going to guess about 90. I figured about 90%. Yeah. Well, the, the studies have already been told. 80% of, sim- of batteries are simple batteries. Right. Um, 20% is aggravated. Okay, those are the statistics. Uh, and so essentially, for us concealed carry holders, we are defending against a simple battery. Okay? Now, is a simple battery a justifiable incident to kill someone? Hell no. 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 But let's be honest. Can someone define what simple battery is? In what context? Because there's three di- there's three levels when it comes to bodily harm. Right. There's bodily harm. There's substantial bodily harm. Great. Right. And then there's great bodily harm or death. Okay. Simple bodily harm most of the time, or normal bodily harm, you got punched or you touched. Got pushed. That that's the law, though. You know what I mean? That's the law. But go so, ahead. So so I feel you on that. But now we gotta take a step back. Disparity of force. Yes. A simple battery. A simple battery is depending on the size of the person getting battered. Oh yes, and I, I will say that this isn't. There's no absolutes. Okay. Right. There's no absolutes on contextually based questions. We all know that. You know what I mean? In no, in no, in no way, shape, or form is there absolutes. There's always gonna be some type of variable when it comes to violence. Right. You know what I mean? There's always. You, you can't repeat every violent encounter which is why we can't necessarily always do force on force because you can't train for every single situation. You can try. You can try. Force Wait, on force, on force is fun. That are, you, are you saying that when you take a force on force class that every scenario in there is not one that you might encounter? No. It's mind-blowing, ain't it? No. Come on. Mind-blowing. That was My loud. gosh. That was too loud. That so, was too loud. What do you mean, man? I mean, this is essentially where I'm going, okay? And 
how many of those aggravated batteries, okay, what was used in those aggravated batteries? Oh, that could be anything. It could be just the status of the person. It could be no, just. No, but I'm saying the. So, what is the most common and, thing used? The most common feet. thing used is an impact or an edged weapon. Right. Right. Okay. So, how close does someone have to be in order to attack you with an impact or an edged weapon? Shit. Five, four. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Say, say that again. How close does someone need to be to you to attack you with an impact or an edged weapon? Two to three feet. The FBI standard is thirty-five feet. That depends on your reactionary no, gap. I'm talking about, hold on. I, you guys are saying how close could they be? Let's talk real world statistics. I, I said two to three feet. Yes. Yeah. Mike, you did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually they are within contact distance. Right. Arms length, few inches. Yeah. Right. They're not going to run, they're not going to stand from 35 feet away and say, I'm going to rob you with a knife and rape you from 35 feet away. Rob no. and rape? Damn. Go ahead. I'm going to stand behind you, you know what I mean, while you're walking because you're too busy paying attention to your phone. Thank you. Then I'm going to jump you and hold a knife to your throat. Guess what? <laughs> Can you work that? You know what I mean? Can you not work that situation? Because does your OODA, does your OODA loop work that fast? First of all, folks aren't even paying attention to oodles of noodles, better, better yet, a oodle loop. See, cops are worried about reactionary gap because you're pretty much paying attention, knowing what you're walking into, things of that nature. Uh, and we can say cops of yesteryear because today's cops have been so softened to the point where Brevard County attacks are possible because you're trying to play Care Bear police instead of being police police. But that's another story. Let's continue. So that's my big thing is, again, a firearm is a tool on your tool belt, okay? Yeah. The ability to be able to defend yourself from someone in close on you, because guess what? If they're standing directly in front of you, that is probably not the right time to pull your firearm. I mean, that's the right time to choke the shit out of them is to do something else because that's all you got is your hands exactly. right in front of you because by the time you... To do something else. Yes. So to work with what they call, hold on, I'm actually going to bring up the notes because Todd Fossey gave some good information. I took notes on that shit. Um, I really did. Just I'm not going to lie. Pound it. Freaking nose or something. The four principles to winning a fight. Timing. Distance. I'm about to point to Marquise Wick. <laughs> Go ahead. Transitions and dominant angles. I think you about to say time, distance, cover, and consumer. Shit. Okay, so. Obviously, the right time same difference, reacts, same thing. The distance above what is going on, transitioning to obviously, in this case, your firearm, and then getting a dominant angle in order to execute the use of your firearm. Okay, uh, context. Here's this dominant angle. Yes. Go there because what if you're on your back, like? If I still can deploy my firearm and I'm on my back, there are no angles. I'm on my well, there is an angle. You're on your back. Yeah, if you're on your back, then obviously, again, there's no absolutes in anything that's contextual. Okay, go ahead. We can can keep saying that. Yeah. So if you're on your back, obviously, that's a whole different scenario. Right. You know what I mean? But if I'm standing up face to face with you, and I'm, you know what I mean? We're within contact distance, and you got a knife. That is not the proper time for me to pull my firearm. What would be the proper time, you know what I mean, is obviously to time it, get distance, transition if needed, 
You know what I mean? Whether I have to go hand-to-hand more than likely, because, again, in a knife fight, what do you want to control? Here's this, though. You want to control the knife. True. And and here here's another interesting... Pers- control the knife. Here's another interesting... You want to control the knife. Well, here's another interesting perspective, too. How many people even practice malfunctions clearances? Because here's this, though. There's such a reliability on the firearm to the point where when that firearm malfunctions, you see it constantly on the range. People don't practice those malfunctions procedures, and then they freaking freeze. Like, you can't do anything else. Like, you have nothing else. There's such a... Remember when... No idea. Remember when tasers first came out, and there is a thing called taser over-dependence, how everybody couldn't wait to just like that was the option to continuously use because it's the new tool out illinois last state in the union to get concealed carry now everybody gets to carry concealed oh let's go now we're just yeah crazy shit go ahead yeah so marquise i'll say you you had a response to my previous statement what no only thing i was thinking about is where did I screw up that I'm in a knife fight? Yeah, that's close. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what I always look at. Like, I, I had this conversation earlier, is that we do talk a lot about the defense against this, that, and the other. And I love it. But my thing is, I always provide the context. Like, you're in this knife fight because you weren't paying attention. Yeah, you weren't you you weren't you know, proactive, you were reactive. Right. So like for example, one of the drills I do, even with the pistol classes, I the cell phone drill. I got the cell phone in my hand, threat, drop cell phone, grab gun, boom. I to put that scenario into con into context, I'm like, yeah, I love knife training. Knife training is the sh- <laughs> I love it. I love knife training. But I love when I when someone provides that context. I'm in a knife fight. What? Like, or someone says, well, I'm a knife fighter. So let's go with words having power. If you are a knife fighter, that means you have fought with a knife for your life. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, my background of chicken psychology and how people do things, most people don't like talking about life or death situations. They don't like revisiting that. But for some reason, we get to this context or complex that we want to talk about the baddest events we've ever been in. And it's like, okay, that's great. But realize that the event you're talking about wasn't life or death, but it was a damn good fight. It was a damn good fight. You know, and playing around with knives, I tell people in a heartbeat, in my personal opinion, Knives are the best thing since sliced bread because they don't run out of bullets, mm-hmm. and they, they don't. don't um, and depending they don't on the, jam. they don't jam. Well, it could get you could get lodged. Yeah, say they're easily concealable. They can right, but I'll add in a very short amount of time. Right, but I'll add one more piece. Just realize this: in a court of law, a knife is seen worse than a gun. Yes, because of proximity. Yep. So my thing is, if you're going to carry a gun, in my opinion, you should also carry a knife. But that knife should be taught or understood of how to open it with your non-dominant hand and one-handed. 
And you should train with that knife with the deploying process into the strikes. Deploy process, strike. Deploy process, strike. You got to be doing something with it. Carry, and also, if you're going to carry that knife, stop using your defensive knife to open boxes, cut fruit, vegetables, logs. Stop it. The more you use that blade, the more dull it becomes. So if it's a knife for your life, keep it, store it, and practice deployment and strike. Most knives you can get nowadays, there's usually a dull version or dull variant that you can practice deployment with so you can actually practice strikes on dummies. You know, this third actually makes uh, training knives. Who? Sir. Sir, yeah, sir makes training knives. Um, actually, shit, there's some on um, Amazon. Amazon has uh, dull knives you can practice with for deployment and stuff like that. Um, some of us have martial art accounts where we buy those knives and give them to students so they can practice at home. But I'm going to say this. The more stuff you carry, the more you train with the stuff you carry. You know, if you put a... Um, oh, wait. I don't want to go into the next segment. You said we're going to talk about WMLs, right? Weapon-mounted lights, right? Yes, yes. So I don't want to go into that segment, but... You know, the more stuff you put in your gun, the more you press with it. I just did a red dot course last weekend, and I told him, I'm like, I'm telling you now, you putting a $500 red dot on your gun, and you don't know how to operate it because you go to the range, and the first thing you do is you grab this gun and you go try to search for that red dot. Yes, You're looking for that dot. Yeah, I'm gonna give you this tip. But you better bring your ass to my class when I do the class again. Extend the dot and move your head to see where that dot is at. Because you have optic to target and you have optic to eye. It's two different playing fields when you're dealing with it. You got optic to target and optic to eye. You might have a good draw, but you can't find the dot, but you're just looking for the dot. See where it's at just by moving your head. But guess what? If you don't take a class or go do your own research, you got a $500 liability on your waist. Yeah. I'm not talking about the gun. I'm talking about the red dot. And then you get people who get pissed. Oh, man, I'm fast with my irons. How long did it take you to get fast with your irons? Invest that same amount of time on the red dot. Because it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. All right. So again, don't make don't make a liability by putting a bunch of stuff on your waist. I'm telling you now. Yep. Don't do it. And if you are, can you please put one of us four in your wheel? Yeah. yeah. We like that That's it. I swear. Put all four of us in your wheel. Give us an equal split. <laughs> That's it. William Nunez. To everyone. <laughs> William Nunez asked a question. See, that comes another question. A knife, the knife's shape. Is it important or a straight knife is just as effective? I, I'm going to say this, okay? For the average everyday concealed carry holder, any knife is going to do as far as it works for what you need to do. Go ahead. For the avid knife fighters and knife defensive aspects, yes, there are little tidbits when it comes to whether I want to carry a carom bit a serrated, you know what I mean, 
there are little tidbits to and advantages and disadvantages to those. But it comes with the fact of whether you're actually training with them or not. And for me, I will say no. Um, only because the shape will make you do things you're not supposed to do. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, for example, straight blades for the untrained or slightly trained is all I would say. Straight blades. And the reason why, if I point the blade straight up, it's defensive. I'm keeping you away from me because I'm keeping the knife at a distance away from me. If I turn the knife down, the only way I can get you is by being close to you. Karambits, depending on the practitioner, that knife is down, which requires close quarter strikes. Some people won't see that as a defensive knife. I love Karambits. They'll see it as an offensive knife. Mm -hmm. So I would say this, for the untrained and slightly trained, go with the proper blade, which will be a straight blade, and get proficient because technically there's multiple angles, but to give you a quick tip, one, two, three, four, five. And that's a thrust. One, two, three, four, five. You can't do that with a karambit. Okay? And I want to keep, and again, technically, teach Filipino knife fighting. Here you go. So, <laughs> technically, I like karambits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like karambits because I'm trained in using a karambit. Which you need to be. Yes. Which you need to be. Yes. Because if you start playing around flipping that knife around, you will kill. You got one time to flip that knife into your skin. You talk about some. Alright? Yeah. But I won't give you that tip on how to do it correctly because we're not here for that. You ain't pay me for that. But I will tell you this. Get a straight knife, learn how to deploy it. And matter of fact, you can don't get stuck on um knives that's open. There are straight blade knives that literally they are just great. They come with sheaths. Yeah. Personally, I tell my students, I carry a scalpel. It's a tactical scalpel made by a company called um, Bastinelli. This tactical scalpel, the blade is like maybe this big, but it's sharp as hell and it's serrated. I teach surgeons, not butchers. I'm not that guy who's going to sit in the ring with you talking about some. I'm not doing all that. Carotid, carotid, yes. Armpit, yes. Armpit, uh-huh. brachial, brachial, femoral, femoral, which femoral. I'm not gonna stand up for that. Yeah, and you're growing. Yes, blood pools you know in that saying? area. So again, this is why training makes the difference. Yeah, please, knives are awesome, but get trained. And if you cut Wait the femoral, minute, so I don't want to go to the gut and let their intestines fall out. What kind of Vietnam shit? That was the, that was this that was that cut. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought we were three and four intestines to just let their intestines fall out. Man, yeah. Yeah. let it rain. Or that's the, your fault. Or even if you're going across this, because the one thing about the karabit is you think you're rainbow, dodging, man. you it's think you're rainbow. dodging a punch. Nah, it's what's following. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Rambo shit, man. We got to drop the intestines on the ground. Pick that shit back up. <laughs> uh. Pick him up. Pick him yeah. up. Get to the hospital. 
Uh, every time you guys name, I Google some blade length legalities. And I want to get back up to the other comments. Christy gave you a shout out, William. Always with the good questions and the funny comments. Blade length legalities. Research the state where you are. Go ahead, Marquise. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was about to say, technically for Illinois, um, technically there is no real blade length in Illinois until you use it. Is <sighs> until you use it that the length becomes illegal versus illegal. But I'm going to tell you like this. As I just said, a scalpel does the same job as a butcher knife. Uh-huh. All you It just needs to be sharp and maybe pointy. And like I said, usually the the rule of thumb is just the palm of your hand. If yeah. it fits in the palm of your hand, right. that's as much blade as you should carry in, in Illinois. But, again, I could walk around with a katana as long as I don't strike nobody with it. Yep. And people and do that. that. And I'm, walking around, I'm walking around with my Rambo knife, with my fishing hook, and my flint, and my fishing line, and my compass. That's not like he went to Cabela's. <laughs> That's not a knife. You're right. <laughs> there you go. This is a knife. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee in this bitch. Love it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get back up to some more. Now, there was another question that came in. Here we go. Okay. Uh, okay. So, I think it's Delan. I hope I said it right. Don't get mad. Here we go. Um, you had a question about training. Where you go? Where you go? I'm sorry. God damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, here we go. How can an 18 to 20 year old get a concealed carry permit but not purchase a handgun? I asked him to provide more context to that, and he said he's in West Virginia. They're a constitutional carry state, but that applies to eight, uh, 21 plus persons. I'm going to provide, and then I'll open it up to you guys. Uh, I will say this, fire licensing is a state thing, firearms possession is a federal thing, you know, state and federal, certain things. I know, you. let's just say Illinois, you can get a license at a certain age, but you can't possess the firearm until you get a certain age because the federal government d- uh, uh, deals with uh, the transferring of firearms and the possession of it. Okay, so that's probably the best question I can uh, answer there. I would imagine in every state you're not going to be able to legally possess a firearm. We're not talking about shotgun, rifle, any of those other things, but I know a semi-automatic pistol, a pistol, period, until you're 21 years of age. Yep, and I mean, I can attest to that as well. It's going to vary by state, and the reason why I know that, so like, prime example, Arkansas. My daughter lives, I have one of my daughters who lives in Arkansas. Um, She is 18. And she actually got pretty close to an incident that has obviously prompted her to now start to carry. So in Arkansas, you can actually carry at 18. You can conceal carry at 18. I'm sorry, you can open carry at 18. Okay. Not carry. Yeah, that's another open that's carry. another thing too, yeah. But obviously she can't go to a gun shop and buy a firearm because she's not 21. ATF, yep. So what does that mean? That means that her mom, you know what I mean, her boyfriend, they can buy, they can buy the firearm for her and then transfer it to her legally, obviously following the proper channels based on your estate, at which point she can then carry that firearm. So, but it's going to vary by state. Every state has different laws, different legalities that you're just going to have to look up and follow. Right. Because um, to piggyback on that, Georgia is a state that I was recently researching where 
you can be 18 and older to apply for a concealed carry if you're active duty military. Yes. <laughs> yes. Another stipulation. You gotta, but you have to be 21 to go do it. But if you're 18 active duty military or matter of fact, yeah, yes, 18 active duty military, you can go do it. Oh, you got I'm just 18. looking up the West Virginia laws now. That's all. Yeah, like, you, that was a good question. You got eighteen and nine year old MPs in the military, so I'm not surprised. Right. There, are, yep. there are several states that are constitutional carry that will allow somebody to open carry without a license, or they may call it a permit. But if you want to carry concealed, then it does require a license or a permit, whatever they call it. So it's possible that there are states where maybe they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. They can open carry, constitutional carry, but if they want to carry concealed, then they have to be 21 and have a license. John Lee asked the question, uh, creating synergetic transformation says 19 in Missouri. That's why I said, make sure that you check the state where you are. Uh, and even, I believe it's uh, Title 18, United States Code, Section 922. I believe that's the section on firearms in the uh, United States Code. <coughs> Um, yeah, so just make sure that you check that, uh, before it, you know, you allow your children or whatever the case may be to start carrying. Um, and then more states are going to constitutional carry from what I see, but I know Illinois ain't going to shit. We're Custer's last stands, baby. So you're going to have a whole bunch of firearms instructors trying to come to Illinois if everybody gets constitutional carry, but don't do it. Um, <laughs> go ahead. All right. So real quick, I'm going to read this. West Virginia is a permitless carry state. Open carry is legal with no requirement to have a license to carry a firearm, provided the person is at least 18 years old and is legally entitled to have a firearm under state and federal law. Some areas are off limits, including schools and courthouses. What is the entitled part? That gray area. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't know if that's a conversation for now, but I'm just saying. Right. You know, in the law, they're nothing is, a, huh? They're not a prohibited. Yeah, they're just not a prohibited person under federal law, would be my guess. Yeah. Here we go. If an eighteen to twenty year old wishes to concealed carry, they would require a provisional concealed handgun license, a CHL. Okay. West Virginia CHLs are issued to residents and members of the military, permanently posted in West Virginia. As of July 6, twenty twenty one, the state will issue permits to non residents. CHLs require a firearms training course in handling and firing a handgun. In terms of reciprocity, West Virginia honors all out-of-state concealed carry permits. You say West Virginia? Mm-hmm. Why are we, are we going to get a West Virginia concealed carry, yo? <laughs> Marquise, are you looking at USCCA.com's app or whatever yeah. you're using? Yeah, their app. I was going to just copy and share the info. Now, I like that app. Do it. USCCA.com. They have a free app you can download on your phone, and they have a map where you can look at each. You can click on a state, and you can get a review of all their state gun laws for yeah. every single state. Yeah. Plus, whether or not they recognize our license here from Illinois, reciprocity. It's a good app. It's a good free download to get, especially if you travel. If you travel a lot, and uh, you need to know. Because every state writes their own laws. Every state's laws are different. <coughs> so if you're traveling from one state to another, you need to be familiar with their laws. 
Man, I got a story. I can't even tell it though. I gotta. It's gonna be a tour story. I tell y'all. You know it's gonna. I don't. Why? Why I say shit? That was crazy. All right. Uh, final thoughts before we end tonight's broadcast. And it was it was great to have that. You know, you all asking your uh, concealed carry questions because it spawns other conversations. So I just want to say to you all uh, in the comment section, those who've been watching by YouTube, Facebook, whatever the case may be. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Crystal. You're something else. Thank you, thank you uh, for that. Yes, shouts out to the USCCA and a wonderful job they have been doing on increasing the firearms knowledge of uh, people. So I just definitely want to put that out there. You know, uh, you see other insurance programs that are out there, but USCCA is taking charge in putting information out there for people john you look like you're about to do two things go to sleep or skinny dip and i'm just saying if you're gonna oh, do i was actually reading comments oh okay all right that's it y'all didn't see the pool that 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 he showed don't don't show it oh look at, no, i mean i knew he was gonna now. do that shit for those of y'all that don't know i'm chilling in the outer banks right now yeah so hey. this is what i have going on that's it so you got a nice pool, but shitty signal. Understood. That's it, right? <laughs> hey, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. Just a couple of shows. I was the one with crappy signal. Hold on. So. <laughs> hey, hold up. At least it's not running on Taco Bell Internet. The bills pay. Hell yeah, that's it. You just got an Obama phone. <laughs> oh, shit. Right here we go. Message SG two thirty five. Welcome to U.S. Sailor. We're sorry, but the number you have called. That was fucking. You have ran out of minutes. <laughs> oh shit! All right, final thoughts, guys. Uh, um, you know what? We didn't cover weapon mounted light. Yeah, if you guys want to, I ain't gotta end it. We got twenty minutes. Fuck it, go. Yeah. Um, J- Jacob, you've been kind of quiet. You want to kick this one off? Well, there are uh, there's a lot of things to consider with weapons-mounted lights versus handheld lights. Yeah. Um, weapons-mounted lights, you have to know how to use it and use it safely and not sweep somebody. You have to keep in mind, first and foremost, that wherever, if you're using your weapons-mounted light, wherever that light is pointing, so is the muzzle of your firearm. And you have to keep that in mind and be aware of that and know how to maybe bounce light off of a wall or a floor or a ceiling to illuminate something. But always remember that rule about, you know, never point your gun at something you're not willing to destroy. And that means I can't use my flashlight if it's mounted to my weapon to go looking around my car or my backyard or looking for my car keys I dropped on the ground because that fucking light is attached to the fucking gun. So you got to keep that in mind. So there's a difference between a handheld light and a weapons mounted light. Do we see that sometimes shit? Sometimes I like one. Sorry, but sometimes I like one handheld, or sometimes I like a weapons mount. It all depends on the situation. Did we see that on cops? Where this guy yeah, was certain? We've talked about a lot of things tonight. Use of force, use of deadly force, edged weapons, weapons mounted lights. That honestly, ninety percent of the people out there are never going to get trained on. They're going to throw something. They're going to throw a gun. They're going to throw a knife in their pocket and call it good. Or they're going to throw a light on their gun and not have a clue what they're doing with it and think they're good. I, I'm i a minimalist. 
I prefer to keep things simple. Kiss. I'm a kiss guy. Keep it simple, stupid. That's me. I've just been that way all my life. The less stuff I have, but the more I train with it, maybe the better off I will be, especially a new student. I don't need a new student to go get all the new hardcore Rambo gear they see on whatever YouTube, boo and so-and-so videos, and oh, I got to have a light, I got to have a laser, and I got to have this, and I got to have that, and they have no fucking idea what they're doing with it. So, I, you know, maybe a handheld light and maybe night sights on their gun might be better than a weapons-mounted light. I'm not saying weapons-mounted lights are bad. I have one. But yes. I also know how to use it when it's appropriate to use it and when it's not appropriate to use it. And you got to fact. So, and you got to factor in that with a weapons mounted light because I'm looking right at my holster, looking right at my streamlight. Uh, uh, was it TLR H one HL something like that? That's what I used to carry all the time. I still got it. It increases the weight of the firearm. So whatever tactics you do with that gun, you got to add for the fact that it's the weight of that firearm that's also on there too. I also like the lights that protrude further than the barrel. Too. So that way, if you're close quarters, just, I was about to do some tactic stuff, whatever. But you get what I'm saying. It's other tactics. That, thank you, Marquise. I see yeah. his. I, so I'll, I, I'll jump in on this one as well. And we're talking about a lot of we're talking about a lot of stuff tonight that we know what we're talking about. But I probably not yeah. even <laughs> the people that might be watching aren't going to take so the time to learn. Yeah, this There's is why not. I wanted to talk about this. Because everyone obviously always wants to run out and get the, the tactical stuff right off the bat. You know what I mean, I want the TLR-1HL. I want the TLR-2 with the laser um, and all this good shit. At the end of the day, yes, there's a certain amount of tactics that come in place. And there are actually several documented cases where parents, because they heard a bump in the night... They got up with their firearm with their weapon-mounted lights and start going through the house to all of a sudden something crashes behind them and it was their child who just came in from sneaking out of the house and they physically shot their child. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Um, because just like Jacob was saying, you know what I mean? And, and it sucks, but cops are renowned for it. You know what I mean? Police are renowned for it. By weapon mounted lights, you know what I mean? They're using that to search normal shit every day when they don't even threaten them yet. Um, Never point the weapon in anything you're not willing to destroy. That means you cannot use that weapons mounted light as a flashlight to go searching. Right. Unless you know so how to do that. Like where bouncing that light off of a ceiling or off of the floor or off of a wall, you can bounce that light and still illuminate the area. But you cannot point the muzzle of that firearm directly at something if you don't know what that something is yet. And then that also begs the difference or the topic of so for a criminal, okay, that we've already established over several of these podcasts are usually more highly trained in their arts of whatever it is that they're doing than we are. And if they're ready to engage you or they want to hurt you, when you have a weapon mounted light and you're staring at someone that has a gun, where are they going to shoot? The light. Right, the light, yes. They're going to shoot the light. Right. Okay? They're going to aim for the light. And what's behind that light? You. <laughs> Your, Your face. Yeah. There's, there's pros the and cons. 
I mean, there's a lot of good things about a whip as a light. They wouldn't be so popular if they if there wasn't a lot of good things about those lights. Right. There's a lot of, but there's also pros and cons to everything. Yeah. You know, it's just another tool. It's just another tool to there have. Are pros and cons in regards to it being right for the job that you're doing. Okay. For your normal, again, everyday concealed carry holder, the everyday citizen defender that is out just walking the streets doesn't necessarily constitute you needing a weapon modded light. Right. You know what I mean? I'll just be honest. Again, there's no absolutes right. in any contextually based questions. I'll, I'll say that. If you want a light, if you want to light on your weapon, fine, more power to you, but learn how to use it properly. Learn the pros and cons of having those weapon mounted lights. And that doesn't mean that it replaces a handheld light. Right. I love just my handheld. I have a light on my weapon. I still need a light. For handheld. I still carry one of my so, bill too, yeah. You know, you you just have to know. It's just like any other tool. It's just like a chainsaw or a motorcycle or a weed eater or anything else. It's you have to know how to use it properly. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Just like a firearm. Yeah. And for me personally, I always have a weapon mounted light on any of my defensive handguns, but I always carry a handheld. Yes. Yes. Because yes. for me personally, See? Uh, yes. With certain with certain lighting techniques that I've been trained in and learned how to do, it's not always about pointing the light at the person. You know, if I want to illuminate a room, I point the light up. Yes, because exactly. that light bounces off the ceiling. Yes. Now I got full illumination, not looking for one person. That's what I said. Bouncing, bouncing that beam off the ceiling or off a wall or off right. the countertop or off the tile floor off of a vehicle you know there's ways to illuminate the area without shining it directly at an unknown person to try to identify them that's not what right. that weapon that's what the light is there for yeah. right and that's what i said earlier is that if you're going to add stuff to your your guns you're going to add stuff to your belt you're going to add stuff to your pockets put forth the training in everything you add to your repertoire if you have right. a red dot, you gotta put the time in on that red dot. If you got a W, if you have a weapon mounted light, you need to put the time in on the weapon mounted light. If you're gonna carry a knife, you gotta put the time in on that knife. If you're gonna carry a flashlight, you gotta put the time in on that flashlight. I hate to say it, if you're going to carry a pen, whether it be tactical or just writing, put the time in on that pen. You know, if you're gonna carry it, why do you carry it? Evaluate that stuff. And think I just saw someone mention about a baton, no? Yeah, that was we would it was just a joke. He said did uh somebody claimed to be I carry a baton uh but haven't gotten training other than watching YouTube videos. So what state are you in though? Nah, that was a joke. No. No, that was a question. No, I know. It was a question from you. Yeah. Well, what state? I don't know if he's meant that as a serious thing. Because the thing is, is that technically Illinois, you can't have a bludgeoning object unless you are law enforcement. Yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> instructor. Yeah, instructor. And yeah. Security. Yeah. Yep. 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 And you gotta be if you're in security, you gotta be on duty. Yep. I'm going to ask instructor. Yo, I know you are too. Be yeah. careful with bludgeoning objects. Yeah. Because you. I used to have That's a... Saying, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a slight caveat to the security officer. So if you have a company that can prove that you're on call 24 hours a day or that you're on call, 
Yeah. Just like, you know what I mean, the normal cab has that you can carry one hour before or one hour after your shift. Mm-hmm. If you got a company that will actually vouch and say that you're on call, and obviously you're not out at the bar drinking and all that type of shit, but you can actually carry the entire time, obviously, with all your stuff. Yeah. So, and that's what I was saying, because, like, for example, private detective for the state of Illinois, I'm always on duty. I'm sorry, Christy. Go yep. ahead. Right. Yep. <sighs> all right, y'all. How about this? How about no? How about don't carry a baton? Don't carry a baton. How about that? Okay. Better options. Go. I'm I like curious. brass knuckles. Are we, we going to talk about blow darts? No, 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 no. We're we're gonna leave that alone. We're gonna leave that alone. Nope, nope. I'm sorry, Chrissy. Got you. I saw that other. Nope, don't do that. Um, as long as you play the Lion King music before you fire. Hi. <laughs> oh God. Oh shit. What happened? That is the biggest effing possum I've ever seen. I thought. I've... <laughs> I thought that shit oh, ran across it, the screen. Okay, I was like, Christy, what? We're not going to talk about blow darts and we're not going to talk about Epstein killing himself. You need a 115 grain possum load to stop that threat. Bruh, I'm going to leave that threat out there because he ain't bothering me. We good. Fact. <laughs> Facts. Facts. That was the size of a small dog that just walked across my lawn right now, bruh. That's it. <laughs> That's it. We'll catch him. They're fun to catch. No, I'm Man, good. I'm good. That's good. <laughs> I'm good, bro. That was just like, like you gotta understand. So, if you notice the situational awareness of that, I'm having a whole conversation with you, and just saw a small puppy awesome. <laughs> like, nah, bro. I would tell I you this though. To show you. Go ahead. Uh-oh. Like I brought something to show you. Oh shit! Run it, run it. I see you. I knew you was. Yes, I knew you was gonna do it. Where's mine at? Oh, he did it. He did it. Oh, hold on. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Is this? I got to pull the strap. He got his. Come on, Marquise. Where's it at? Hold on. Here we go. The Naval Fighter <laughs> Weapon School. <laughs> That's it. Oh, come on. Don't you got your Outback? You at the Outback Sandy Dunes spot. Where's it at? Wait, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> oh, oh, look, got my concealed carry. <laughs> That's how you can tell. That's how you can tell we tired. Is... <laughs> At least I got the naval fighter weapons. <laughs> Top gun volleyball turn. I was five years old when the, <laughs> this movie first came out. Uh. Whoa! Oh, he got the taser, the uh, the uh, Kimber pepper pepper spray one. <laughs> John John said I will have no parts of these guys. No, no. Oh, that's uh one of the laser light pistols. Yeah. Speaking of which, I know you guys are probably uh, ambidextrous shoe with both hands. How many of you all practice like holstering with both hands too? I just started doing that. I've been I've always shot with both hands. But just like holstering with both hands, you gotta try some new shit. I'm still stuck on the ah! <laughs> Go ahead, bring out your Lewis Vidden. 
Hey, what's going on? It's Instructor Mike. Are you in the market for a good firearm? Are you looking for a place in the state of Illinois where you can practice effective and safe usage of a firearm to defend yourself, shooting for sport, or just inviting your family members out to a wonderful place where they can learn about exercising their Second Amendment rights? Well, Eagle Sports Range is the place for you. 5900 West 159th Street in Oak Forest. Our state-of-the-art range is comfortable, safe, and provides you with the perfect environment to enjoy your shooting. Whether you're a firearms enthusiast or just starting out, their range has everything you want for your shooting needs. Fully air-conditioned for comfort with friendly and knowledgeable staff that also have a great selection of firearms for sale or rent as well as ammunition that you conveniently need on site. Eagle Sports Range. That's eaglesportsrange.com. 708-535-3000.